The Minecraft universe is full of strange wanders. Mushroom islands lie far out in the ocean. Phantoms haunt the night skies. And chorus trees dot the landscape of the end dimension. Yet, the salt sand valleys of the nether hide some strange, eerie secret. And a strange disease plagues the overworld. Let us find out more about these strange occurrences in this episode of the Ender Library Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ender Library Podcast. My name is Shadow, and I'm your host and librarian on this show. A couple things to discuss before we continue on with the episode. First of all, we just broke through 1,000 listens on the podcast, so thank you so much for all of your support in this. The podcast has grown much more than I thought it would, and I hope that it continues to grow as I continue on with this. Second, I would like to thank Infinity Pixel for bringing to my attention that the Discord invite link in the previous episode shown us had expired. That was my mistake, and I apologize for that. The link has been fixed and should now work. Also, for all of you who have sent me suggestions and theories, either through Discord, email, or reviews, don't worry, I will try and mention them in future episodes. I usually plan episodes a couple weeks out, but don't worry, all of your ideas will be addressed at some point in time. And, of course, most importantly, 1.18 has finally dropped last Tuesday, and there's so much to explore and learn now, now that it's out. However, talking about that, that's for another time. Now, let us enter a new segment in, on the show, the listener discussion. Welcome to the listener discussion segment, where I shall read listener emails, reviews, messages, and discuss various aspects of them or talk about them to some degree. Today's subject is a piece of information given in a review by Awesome Kill on Apple Podcasts. They write, awesome, and there are abandoned nether portals underground. I believe that this is in correlation with the Deep Dark series episode that I released uh, last time. In that episode, I proposed that the Deep Dark Cities could have been either another settlement of the ancient builder civilization, or a second civilization entirely. However, I was not fully sure about whether there were nether portals underground. So thank you, Awesome Kill, for clarifying that there are some nether portals underground. This little piece of information creates many new questions, and kind of clears things up from that previous episode. Were there trade routes in place between various civilizations if it was two different civilizations? Or was there some sort of transportation system for a single race? We'll just have to wait and see, probably, if they appear in the deep dark cities themselves. But, yeah, we just have to wait. And again, thank you, Awesome Kill, for this piece of information. And now, let us join Kirithil again on his adventure inside the Ender Library. Kirithil read the last page of the book and shut the cover. He was shivering, be it from cold or fright, he did not know. The strange tale of the dark cities gave him the chills. He stepped away from the book and was about to head back to the passage that he came from when he stopped and looked back. On the opposite side of the room lay another passage with a warm yellow glow coming from it. After a brief moment of hesitation, Kirithil spun on his heel and walked towards and through the other passageway. After walking for a short time, he emerged into a completely different hallway. This hallway had a warm feel to it. It felt cozy, 
felt home. The walls were made of oak planks, the floor lined with colored carpet. There were torches on every column, and fireplaces lined the walls every dozen or so blocks. Lovely chairs and desks were hidden away in small nooks. There were even small potted plants and trees on the shelves and floors. Carithel smiled. This was a place that he could get used to. He browsed for a little bit, looking at shelves. The titles varied. The history of the ancient builders, the hidden ley lines of the Minecraft world, and the memoirs of a wandering trader. All of these books seemed to talk about the world in general. They talked about history, society, geography. All of a sudden, a strange title popped out at him. It read, Lost Souls and Strange Diseases. Intrigued, he grabbed the book, sat down in a cursy armchair, took out a cookie that he still had, opened the book, and began examining a circular diagram of green, red, yellow, and brown. Okay, so I might have forgotten a little bit in the listener discussion segment. So today's episode title might seem a bit strange at first, but I decided to do it after reading a review on my podcast by RedPixel09. Specifically, their quote, Can you do an episode on soul sand and soul soil? I read that review a couple days after posting the Deep Dark Cities episode, and a string of thoughts started running through my head. Is there a connection between the skulk and the soul sand? What happens to those souls, of course? And are there other similar occurrences out there? So thank you, RedPixel, for the inspiration, and I hope to try and figure something out today for today's episode. It's all about the secrets of the soul valleys and the strange diseases of the Minecraft world. There's a lot to address in this episode, so let us get started, shall we? Now, there are four things that I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. We're going to talk about what happens to soul specifically, and with that, we'll be talking about soul valleys. And then, we're also going to talk about how they're related to Minecraft diseases. And, in my opinion, I think there are three diseases or three plagues that exist in the world of Minecraft. The zombie virus, the nether plague, and the skulk infestation. You might ask me, why do you think all of that? I'll explain. First, let's talk about soul sand. If we have ever visited the nether, all of us have visited a soul sand valley. It's slow to walk in there, and if you run across it with boots that have the soul speed enchantment on them, you'll, as soon as you walk over soul sand, a small soul particle will come off the block that you just walked on. And also, if you look at the texture of soul sand, you'll see it like little faces on it. And it, I do not know if this has been confirmed by Minecraft or not. However, it is a pretty common theory out there in the Minecraft community that these faces in soul sand are actual souls. And souls do exist in the world of Minecraft. They, well, most commonly they are seen in Minecraft Dungeons, the dungeon game there, where it's, where souls are used kind of like a currency or like a mana, or like how we use experience in Minecraft, in normal Minecraft, like Minecraft Vanilla. And you get them by killing mobs. And that's what I think is happening here. Mobs that die in the world of Minecraft, be they in the end, in the nether, or in the overworld, whenever the mobs die, their soul travels to the nether dimension 
and enters to live in soul sand valleys. That makes sense to me, I suppose. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but that's what works for me. I'm going to talk about them in a little bit later. Now, the diseases. The zombie virus, the nether plague, and the skull infestation. Let's cover the one that is most popular, the zombie virus. One of the biggest theories out there about Minecraft is that Minecraft is a zombie apocalypse game. Or a similar variation of it is that Minecraft has a zombie virus in it. And plenty of other content creators out there have talked about it, such as MadPat from Game Theory and also Retro Gaming Now, both channels on YouTube. They're really amazing, and I suggest you subscribe to them as well. So shout out to those guys. It's also what's inspired me to do this episode as well. But basically, the zombie virus is, I think, an airborne virus or enters through the bloodstream went through a zombie bite. And the proof of that, it's everywhere, really. We have tons of undead in the overworld. We have normal zombies, we have husks, and we have the drowned. And then we also have zombie villagers. And you can cure those zombie villagers with a potion of, I believe, weakness and a golden apple. Of course, we have a zombie virus. How do I think it is related to souls? Well, if we talk, think about the various theories. There's a theory that the once, a long time ago, these ancient builders lived in the world of Minecraft. And then, some strange virus broke out, and they started turning into these undead. That's exactly what they are. Undead. They're not dead, but they're not living exactly. I think they're more like shells, or as you could even, maybe even call it, husks, of the creatures that were normally are, that they were. And that's what I think it is here. When these ancient, these long ago ancient builders died, their souls traveled into the nether and created these soul sand valleys. Originally, they probably just went in, just went and became soul soil. There were only a couple of them when the virus first, when the first outbreak of the virus turned out. However, as the zombie virus spread, more and more souls entered the nether dimension. More of them turned up and there wasn't enough soul soil to accommodate them. So the souls started taking over bigger patches of terrain. And sooner or later, because there's so many, the soil in the nether wasn't even proper netherrack soil. It was just sand, small granules of netherrack. And then there were so many souls that they formed their own biomes, the soul sand valleys. And that's what happened. Now, this zombie virus, again, is also something really strange. I might talk about it in a later episode more in depth. However, this zombie virus, as we know, it has consumed... I don't... Well, okay. Messed up there. The zombie virus exists out there in the world of Minecraft, but it's strange. It's almost like it has either variants or it affects everybody differently. This ancient race of builders, it wiped out their population entirely. It changed them into the undead zombies, or skeletons, or other very small things. And we see them everywhere. There are tons of them out there at nighttime in caves. Which means, that makes sense, of course. That's the first part. However, there's a second part, second interesting part to it. The zombies can attack villagers. And villagers, after they are bitten by a zombie, will turn into a zombified villager. And they'll act just like a normal zombie. They'll walk around, they'll try and bite you and do damage to you. 
The strange thing about them, though, is that while the ancient builders, let's just call them zombies, while the zombies cannot be cured by any means, and the only way you can deal with them is kill them, you can cure a zombie villager. And I found that really strange. Maybe zombie villagers are a different race than these ancient builders, and that, I think, of course, makes the most sense. Or maybe there were, they were out there once, but maybe they evolved a certain immunity to the zombie virus. Which brings us to the third interesting part of this. Ourselves. The players, the adventurers, cause whatever. Us. It seems to us that we are immune to this zombie virus. The zombies, who are ancient builders, they succumbed to this outbreak quickly and messily. Zombie villager, villagers, they can succumb to it, but can't be cured. And we ourselves, we're completely immune to it. Which is really strange. But enough of that. Legit, enough of that. Let's go back to the main point that the souls of those die, dead ancient builders have transported themselves into the nether. And that's where they formed the soul sand valleys. That's the zombie virus. Next, the nether plague. And this, the nether plague, is going to also relate to the wither. We'll talk about it in a second. The nether, we've all traveled there at one point or another. And the nether, as you know, is extremely dangerous. There are lava fields everywhere. There are high places, dangerous mobs, you name it. There's all of that out there. Why do I call it a nether plague, though? Well, in the overworld lie abandoned nether portals. And if you have ever discovered one, you know that a broken nether portal stands out in the middle, and then it is surrounded by various pieces of netherrack and, and some magma cubes. That's what exists out there. And I find that interesting, that unless you are maybe building like a world in, in creative mode, I would think that maybe you'd use netherrack, magma cubes, and lava, and gold to spice up a certain maybe fire style build. But I do not think that these ancient builders, if they're the ones who built the portals, that is, would have done that. Because if we look at all the other, um, all the other, let's say, if we look at other ancient builder builds in the Minecraft world, we'll see that they're not designed like that in the slightest. Let's take a look at desert temples. If we assume desert temples, if they were built by ancient builders, were extremely devious builds. They look pretty simple. They have a couple layers to them, and also at the bottom, though, is a TNT trap. It's a sophisticated trap that, most, that plenty of people might have ignored or have been clumsy about. And of course it makes sense. It's a small, thin pressure plate beneath your feet. Nobody's going to pay attention to that until, until it's too late, and you hear the click, and the sizzle of TNT. That's a sophisticated trap there. No need for lava or anything. No crude decoration besides, I think, the... Uh, yeah, besides that, I believe it's the creeper faces and possibly the withers with their engravings on the side of the pyramids. That's the desert pyramid. Or the desert temple. Next, the jungle temple. I believe this is how it is. I believe. I have, is it, yeah. In the, in the jungle temple, I believe we have tripwires that are hooked up as you walk by, which hook up to arrow dispensers. Another booby trap. Another one that relates to feet. You could just walk over it and you won't see it. But it's also devious as well. It deals damage to you and hurts you. 
and it's not crude or anything. TNT, you have to craft. I don't think it's tradable. It's always crafted. It's been made. Same with these dispensers and tripwires. And then, also believed to find the special chests, unless you want to dig straight through some walls, you have to flip certain levers to activate the redstone signals. That's even more advanced than before. We have the use of redstone applied in this. And third, ocean monuments. Now, it may be true that ocean monuments don't have any redstone working contraptions because they're underwater, but there is a theory out there that Elder Guardians are not real mobs. They're man-made mobs, similar to the Iron Golem. And I think I'll talk about those in another episode more specifically. However, if you look in the mob bestiary at the diagram of the Guardians and the Elder Guardians, you'll see something like little wires or wiring inside of the cross-section. And also, unlike other fish and squids, they don't die when they're out of water. They just flop around angrily. And also, they're the only mob to have like a laser attack, really. Laser or like a pulse ray attack. Which is another thing. Another sophisticated, highly advanced technique or method to try and protect something. And these, all of these were temples. These are temples, monuments, big pieces of architecture that were probably extremely important to the ancient builders. I don't know why for sure, but they were important. And when you look at the nether portals, they aren't really that important. Sure, they're the only way of travel between two dimensions. However, do tell me, would you, if you were an ancient building in these times, you built an ancient portal, would you rather decorate it with a whole bunch of netherrack, magma cubes that will damage you, a lava pit in which you could possibly burn, and hide some gold somewhere along the rubble there, or would you rather just have it be built there and maybe have like a staircase or an outside frame for it? I would, I would, if you were thinking about the netherrack, okay, fine, whatever. Ignore that then. Still, though, I think that the nether, there's a certain... Um, I'm trying to figure out... I No, I can't figure out a good word to explain this. The nether has a certain trait. Yeah, here we go. The nether has a certain trait. This trait, it likes to take over life. It does not like to take life but it likes to transform life from one version to another. These nether portals were a way to take us, as people, into the nether, from outside in. However, it's also an exit for the nether to come in and out into the overworld. That's what it does. Why do you think... What, what do you think makes me say that? Okay, let's look at some nether mobs that have been transformed by the nether. First of all, piglins. Now, Retro Gaming now cover, in a video covered about how ancient builders brought pigs into the nether while they were mining for diamond, and at a certain point, pigs suddenly turned into piglins. And I'll have a link to that video in the show notes below. That's one thing. Pigs turning into piglins and piglin brutes. However, we also have hoglins, which is a, which is a different thing entirely. So... If we had pigs in this world of Minecraft, in the nether, they somehow evolved into piglins and hoglins. Pretty curious as well. That's the first thing. Second, magma cubes. You might argue that magma cubes are native to the nether. 
And yes, they might be. There are spawners and uh, bastions that do that do spawn magma cubes. However, there is a cousin or like a relative to the magma cube, the slimes in the in the overworld. What if slimes at one point in time of the ancient builders era crossed another portal and adapted to become magma cubes? There you go again. The Nether changed slimes to become more adapted to fire. It became made them more dangerous than they already are. There you go, that's another one. The third one's a little bit stranger, I suppose, if you could say so. But it is the Wither Skeletons. Wither Skeletons are taller than normal skeletons, I believe. They also have a block, corrupted, decaying look to them. It's a strange appearance. And I believe MadPat from Game Theory proposed a theory that they're in fact dead bodies of ancient builders who were buried in the Soul Valleys or were attempted to brought back to life. And I think, I, d I wouldn't say it's exactly true, maybe. However, I do think that there is some truth to that. Maybe it was not the ancient builders themselves, but it was skeletons, just normal skeletons, came in from the overworld through another portal. And same again, this strange... Nether Plague transformed them into these Wither Skeletons, made them do more damage, made them more dangerous. Same again with Striders. They're strange creatures. However, uh, we can say that they maybe look like a strange bloated cow. And even though cows are unrideable in the overworld, a Strider is. Maybe that's another, I guess, another evolution of that as well. And then, of course, yet another thing is, I believe, the Warped Forest. Warped and, and Crimson Forests. If you look at them, I think Minecraft confirmed this one or another that they aren't trees, but more of like a form of fungus. However, I do think that maybe there were trees at one point in time, or there were attempts to grow trees. And same thing this, again, the Nether took over these trees, made them adapt to this environment, made them maybe more dangerous, we are not sure. Again, strange. And now, the final thing. Another thing. The connection between the nether and the overworld and the zombie virus. This nether virus has transformed common overworld beings that were immune to the zombie virus into strange, horrifying beasts. However, when a piglin or a hoglin enter through another portal into the overworld, They'll last for maybe about a minute or 30 seconds or something like that, and then they become zombified. So this nether plague, not only does it change a creature from its normal state into something more dangerous, but it compromises their, it compromises their systems entirely. It changes the way, from the way they look, to the way they act, to change their behaviors, and ultimately destroying the being entirely. For pigs who are immune, to the zombie virus, transform into a piglin or a hoglin, and when they come back through, be it voluntarily or by accident, the zombie virus takes them over, and they become also zombified, uncured. You can't cure them. Strange, don't you think? And with the Nether taking, I guess, the, ta changing these forms, it would also make another sense as to why the soul sand valleys are in the nether and not in the overworld or the end, or even the void. Because 
if the nether enjoys transforming and changing and corrupting life, these souls, which you think might just dissipate and become nothing in the overworld, or go to some maybe existing spirit world, these souls are suddenly sucked into this nether. They're sucked into the nether. And the nether can't do anything about them. There's no physical form to these souls. So instead, they're sucked into the nether, and they just rest there. The only way that they're corrupted is that they're shoved into the netherrack, and they form soul sand and soul soil. Another aspect, I guess, of soul sand is that you can make, I believe, water elevators with them. And a string of bubbles will shoot up. And a couple ways you can interpret this. Maybe this is souls trying to get out or the energy coming from them. I did read somewhere that it could be possibly souls. It could be also the screams of souls. I'd rather not go that dark way. So we're going to stop about that. Now, connection between the soul sand and the nether. The wither. Because three wither skeleton skulls and four blocks of soul sand arranged in a certain pattern will spawn the wither. And I find it interesting. These four blocks of soul sand, these are random souls from all over the Minecraft world. And I believe, I don't know how many, but I'm just going to go with an average of three. There are three soul sand particles on each side, of the, on each face of a block of soul sand. And let's see, three by, let's see, trying to do some quick mind math. Let's see. Three pieces, three souls on each face, on each side of a block of soul sand. Take it to six sides, that's going to be 18. 18 souls per soul sand block. And add in four. Oh boy. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, and change it to four. So 18 times four is going to be 72, I think. Yep. I think so. Yeah. So we have 72 blocks of. Wait. Yeah, so we have 72 souls, 72 random souls that have come from all of the Minecraft world and been clumped into these blocks and suddenly are placed on top of each other and forced to form. Isn't it strange how that is? And maybe six of those souls were cows, maybe one soul was a wolf, another three were maybe villagers that died in a raid, maybe one of them is a pig. Five of those souls is some of your previous lines talked about in a later episode, and maybe another 17 are from zombies, or something like that, and another two are ancient builders. It's a mismatch of different beings, and there's no way that they can work together. And the, and the three with the skeleton skulls, three undead skeletons that have been corrupted by the nether, suddenly form this monstrosity. And we see some attempt of creating a proper beast. We have a ribcage, we have a spine, we have possibly attempts to make arms, and a connection of neck of vertebrae connecting the heads. And that's what it is. It's just a mangled mismatch. It's almost like a strange, partially made Frankenstein of Minecraft mobs. It's just so strange. And I think that would make sense. And finally, a slightly darker side. The Skulk Infestation. As you know, Skulk is going to be coming out in the Wild Update, or Minecraft 1.19, next year in 2022. What's interesting to know here is that when you activate, I believe, a Skulk Sensor, some soul particles pop up. Actually, no. Nope, that was the wrong thing. Well, 
No, that is the correct thing. And another thing is, Skulk will spread if a mob dies. If a mob dies, on that spot, Skulk will grow, and some soul particles all pop out of the Skulk sensor. Or leave, I don't forgot the name of it. But out of that block, some soul particles will pop up. I think that this Skulk infestation is the deadliest disease here. The zombie virus, sure, it takes over humanoid beings in the world of Minecraft. That's scary enough. The Nether Plague likes to corrupt and change life to make it more dangerous and more strange and corrupt and vile. And also likes to harvest life itself and souls. That's why it's trying to take over the overworld and harvesting all these souls. And then again, these corrupted souls are now not immune to this zombie virus. So when they come back to the overworld, the zombie virus takes them. But all of these are relatively minor, I would say. The zombie virus, sure, it attacks unimmune beings. However, zombie villagers can be cured, and we ourselves are immune to it. The nether plague, it might change and corrupt life forms. However, we are immune to it, and these life forms in the nether can survive the nether well. They aren't truly affected well. I mean, piglins even have their own society. But the skulk infestation, the skulk infestation, I guess, in a way, it survives on death itself. It's powered by souls. It's powered by something dying. And that's what happens here. If a mob dies, the skulk spreads, and a soul particle pops out of the mill block. That's what's so scary about this. This plague harvests on death. And fortunately for us, right now, it's contained at the deepest depths of the world, deep in the dark cities. Which means that it originated here in the dark cities as well. Whatever this ancient race that lived in the deep dark cities was, the skull confrontation grew up just as the zombie virus did in the overworld on the surface, and the skulk slowly took over this, feeding on death. And that is what's so frightening about this. It feeds on this death, taking it all in, sucking it up, creating more of itself, and spreading out to feed more. That's what's so frightening about the skulk infestation. And the most frightening thing is, if the skulk spreads to the overworld, then we'll truly have a problem. The zombie virus creates more undead through day and night. We as players trying to protect ourselves, kill these, zombie, kill these zombies, kill these undead, and the undead die, spreading the skulk. If some immune creatures enter the nether, they become corrupted. They try and exit out, they become zombified. We end up having to fight them one way or another, and the skulk spreads again. And then the final aspect of the skulk is the warden. If you're looking at a texture of a warden, you will see that it looks like it's made out of skulk, and also possibly endstone, like an endstone colored block. I think that there is that the wither and the warden have been made very similarly. The warden might be made up of a certain material or block, or scariest because it has a ribcage. It might be an ancient builder. Maybe most ancient builders fell and died and succumbed to this skulk infestation. But 
This skulk, whatever organism or colony of organisms is, it is smart. It decided to take over some ancient builders as hosts, as a parasite. It transformed them, took away their sense of sight so that they couldn't see and fight. I mean, that's the only way we can survive, but looking around, seeing what to do. It took away their sight, took over their mind, and that's it. It's hiding them beneath the skulk. So whenever there is a threat to the skulk or the skulk environment, the skulk summon the warden and take it up. And, as a final little touch, the souls that they collect from these fallen undead, or the, skulks, or the souls of these fallen ancient builders, they infuse them and shove them into the warden's ribcage of this already dead ancient builder, creating another mismatch of souls, mismatch of beings, creating this powerful beast. That's what I think is frightening about this. And all in all, these plagues exist in Minecraft. And the scariest part is, they exist, they're dangerous. We may not be affected by them directly, but they do affect us one way or another. And they're all connected one way or another to each other and centered around soul sand and soul sand valleys. And we can't stop them. That's the scariest truth about all of them. We can't stop these diseases. The zombie virus. Yes, it does exist out there. And the zombies out there and the undead they will keep coming to us. They'll keep attacking us. Doesn't matter when, they'll keep attacking us. The nether plague. We're not affected by it, but all those creatures that the nether plague has corrupted, they're a danger to us, some of them. So we have to be careful about that as well. We can't stop it. Soul sand valleys, they're humongous. There's no way we can dig them all out and free the souls. They're just going to rest there forever. Withers. If, for some reason, we decide to get create a wither, a huge mismatch of souls that we can only delete by killing it. The skulk, a strange dead, a strange disease that loves eating death practically, rises up from deep beneath the surface. So strange, we can dig it up, but it'll always exist out there, feeding on death, creating the warden for us to battle. A challenge that we cannot really win. That's all it is. They're all interconnected. They will affect us one way or another, and they're out there. That's it then. Those are the three great diseases of Minecraft and how they are all related to the strange and mysterious Soul Sand Valleys. Anyways, that brings us to the end of this Ender Library podcast episode. I really hope that you have enjoyed. As always, if you have any theories, ideas, theories you want me to discuss, any of your own ideas, suggestions, conspiracies that you want me to discuss, and arguments about my own theories, contradictions, and so on and so forth, I have an email. You can send them to enderlibraryhost at gmail.com. I'll read them out. I might reply to you. And who knows? Maybe the next episode will be based on yours. That's that. Also, I do have a Discord server. The invite link, the correct and working invite link, will be in the show notes below. And I'll also have the links to a couple videos about these things that you might enjoy. And again, thanks so much for listening. Keep an eye out on the shelves, keep waiting for the books, keep reading the pages, and I will see you then.